everybody, and welcome to the Fortress Comic News, episode 137. I am one of your hosts, Chris, alongside... I forgot what the fuck I was going to say. It's Mike. I think he was he was using that in, as a descriptor for me, but he forgot what he was going to say, not that I forgot that yes. I was going to say. Yeah, I wanted him to call me the Sriracha of Sin. That's what I was going <laughs> Oh, okay. If anybody read the Joker, uh, the Year of the Year of the Villain joker book this week number one it's written by john carpenter okay and that's the least important thing about that book well yeah we'll talk about it later but that is the least important thing about that book yeah but i really like the fact that i mean come on john carpenter writing come on yeah please you watch the thing every halloween you got it it's awesome anyways um I don't know. I I thought the Sriracha of Sin was a lot better introduction. The Condiment King this week certainly thought that too, but Chris couldn't remember. Feels bad. Did you go see the Joker this week? I didn't. Ah. Damn. Well, I also really wanted to watch El Camino, and I never got around to that. Oh, I did. I watched that. Yeah. If anybody doesn't know, El Camino is the um, the Breaking Bad tie-in movie on Netflix takes place immediately after like the finale of breaking bad. Like there's the next like two hours of, of that finale episode. And that's all I'll say. I will also say it's amazing. And I loved it. And I thought it was a great addition to the series. So that's what I've been hearing. Yeah. You have that. It's kind of weird though. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you know this cause you went to uh, film school, but like, it's weird because the way they shoot a show is so much different than the way they shoot a movie. And I don't know if it's, I don't know if like not only the pacing from scene to scene changes, but like even just the depth of the camera, like the width of the shots, like the wide angle shots, like some of the stuff just seemed, I, it was weird because you see the characters that, you know, right? Like you see skinny P and, um, and Jesse and you see Walt and stuff like that. Um, but like, it's it's just treated like a it's shot like a movie so it's just it almost it's kind of weird almost you know it's like it's like you're watching like a like a fan made movie or something because you're like used to seeing you know like what is it nine seasons of it this one way and then but it was still really good yeah. I think the biggest reason for that is movies tend to have more money back behind them yeah and that's <laughs> what I was wondering so the budgets are probably bigger um, but I thought it was a great addition really good. Uh, and also I watched, um, that Stephen King, Joe Hill movie on Netflix, the tall grass or in the tall. Yeah. It's like, I, I guess Netflix has been releasing some, uh, some scary movies for the month of October and it's not really scary, but it's suspenseful. Uh, it was really weird. Definitely a Stephen King book, Joe, uh, Joe Hill to his son. Um, it's it's not really scary. It's more of a thriller. Like these people get trapped in this like cornfield, and there's a bunch of other people trapped in there too. And they're almost like when they're stuck in there, they're out of like space and time. Like they're not. It's weird. They're like existing in all timelines and in all space at the same. It's it's pretty crazy. And obviously, like walking around the grass, it like messes with them, plays mind tricks on them. Yeah. So I started seeing actually literally today. Um, <laughs> Uh, trailers for Doctor Sleep. I didn't realize they were doing that. Oh yeah, yeah speaking that's... of Stephen King, by the right. way. Right. That's I've never read the books, but uh, Doctor Sleep is pretty interesting. It almost turns it into like an X Men movie. <laughs> 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 like, 
<laughs> it's like, oh, there's other people with powers, but I'm, I'm sure it's going to be really more messed up. But yeah, it looks pretty good. I don't know much about it, but yeah, I I was interested, but that means I have to go back and rewatch Shining because it's been uh, way too long. Right. Well, it looks like in the movie they they just replay it for you. <laughs> they just they yeah. took scenes straight from the original movie, put them in the trailer. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. I mean, The Shining is awesome. It's a it's a slow burn, I think, and it's an exhausting movie to watch. Yeah, it's not something I, I could watch like every year. But yeah, that's happening. You know, Stephen King doing well for himself. Like, good for him. Yeah, good for him. He doesn't have enough money. I know. What do you did you watch? Uh, Flash this week? I did not. Ah, oh, all right. Well, I'm going to talk about that only because it's the first. You know how much like uh, bull crap we dealt with last season of like oh. Can we just get to the point already? It's like five episodes of like um, their daughter with Nora. Is Nora their daughter? Yeah. And um, being like, oh, I don't know if I should tell them I'm working with Reverse Flash. Oh, maybe I should. And then Flash is like, I can't believe you're working with Reverse Flash. Uh, you shouldn't do that. All right. We're not going to talk to you for a whole episode. Okay. Now we're going to team up. And then finally they resolve the issue like the last episode. This one is like, comes out of the gates like, hey, um, yeah. She's dead. The parents are grieving. Um, there's Godspeed is like appearing all over the the city for some reason, and they keep catching them. And it's like oh, it's they're like time remnants, so they're all from the future. And when he catches them and like unmasks them, they like can't speak. They like they do this like creepy like screaming thing, and then they disappear. Really strange. So something's going on with the timeline. Um, new villain was set up. Really cool. Uh, blood. Bloodwork is that his name? Have you ever heard of this Flash villain? No. He's uh, he's basically Venom, or not Venom, Carnage. Yeah, Bloodwork. <laughs> okay. So his origin is pretty crazy. Um, I and it was pretty cool. Like, so you know how Star Labs has been working with Dark Matter. Mm-hmm. Um, one of Caitlin Snow's friends is a doctor, and his mother just dies of cancer, and he's like, you know, if Star Labs shared this formula for the Dark Matter with me. I could have found a cure and saved her, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, well, we can't really release it because it could be used in the, the wrong hands. Well, you know, it's like that whole for the greater good argument. Um, so he sees her being really shitty and doing that. So I think he like tries to inject himself with it to like create the cure. And uh, he, be, he starts like getting red and like, he basically looks like carnage or like venom, that type of like symbiote thing. So, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's going to be the season villain. Um, then at the end, we get a visit from uh, the Monitor already. So they're already talking crossover stuff. Um, and he says, like, the crisis has been moved up to a certain timeline. You haven't changed anything. And then he says, a sacrifice needs to be made. And he's like, the Flash, uh, the Flash must die. And that's how the episode ends. Like, for the crisis to be completed. It's not a crisis unless Flash dies. Like, right, but it's just cool to see. I'm like, man, they're really, I mean, coming out of the gates, talking about everything. They set it all up in one episode. It was really good. Yeah, so I I did watch um, Batwoman. Oh, yeah, I did not watch that, so you can talk about that. Um, the first episode, I'll say, for the most part, my opinion is meh. <laughs> <laughs> but... They, you know, they do everything you need to do in the first episode. They set right. her up. They give her the cowl, um, give you a quick backstory. They set up a love interest, blah, blah, blah. She fights somebody, the end. 
so it's it was interesting enough where like and I think a part of it is honestly the last week's casting of Thomas Elliot but is there's enough there where I was like, I'll come back and see mm-hmm. they've got a short leash with me um just because they didn't you know you didn't put the money beats up front like right <laughs> for all those office fans out there um <laughs> the money beats you, you didn't you didn't do something that's really going to hook me. All you did was like show us essentially what we saw in the last, the Elseworlds crossover. Like mm-hmm. she's Bruce Wayne's cousin and she right. finds the suit and he's gone. But, but they also, they've really stuck to the CW superhero formula. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's Batwoman and she's somehow connected to an organization that's in control of something in the town. <laughs> And she has, she already has like part a team. of her crew. Yeah. yeah like the first she one of her team, team is there. It's like Team Batwoman, Team Arrow, Team yeah. Flash. So it, it, it is getting kind of daunting doing the same thing over and over again. I wish they would right. try like a different thing with this formula, but it, it was okay. It's just, it's very meh. Yeah. Um, what wasn't very meh though was the new episode of uh, Walking Dead, mm. which um, the you know we had a time jump from like we do in the first episode, right. and we see everybody getting ready and you know basically being a civilization like the army is doing their thing and um they show where all the different characters are and what they're doing at that moment. And then something happens, and they find one of the skin masks. Mm-hmm. So everybody's freaking out because they were said, don't cross the border. If you cross the border, that's war. Well, nobody crossed the border, so they're sitting there like, well, did they cross our border? And it's a whole thing. Hmm. Um, but what really sets it off is they get a, uh, a satellite finally starts to descend and hits the atmosphere and just happens to fall in the forest where... Um, right outside of where one of the settlements is. So it was kind of cool. Cause they have like a fire department set up mm. where they have these weird, like pump <laughs> um, water guns and they have a whole plan on how to, you know, take care of fires and contain it and everything. So that was really cool. And then uh, we get the moment where they want to bring the satellite back because who knows, there might be stuff we can use. The problem with this whole thing was is that the satellite caught fire and landed across the border. Mm. And then the whispers see them. And that's how we end the episode. So it was a cool catch up. Um, obviously, we know it's going to be the Whisper War this up or this season. Um, and I, I really enjoyed the new characters they introduced were cool. Um, we get kind of a... Obviously, Daryl is going to be the centerpiece because it's Daryl, but they introduced kind of a love interest for Daryl, which was I didn't see coming. Oh. Um, And just a lot of things. So, yeah, I I really enjoyed it. I still am really enjoying Walking Dead. It is – that is another show that's following a formula, and Mm -hmm. I fully admit to it, but it's this formula I seem to like. And maybe that's because I'm just watching one of the shows and not all three. Yeah, right. (laughs) I mean, if they really want to make a new Walking Dead show and get me back, make, you know, Walking Dead FD, like Fire Department 
just like <laughs> like a dirty job show <laughs> with the Walking Dead fire department. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we're here for fires, but mostly we just spray, you know, hose the road down with zombie guts. <laughs> it's like, oh, I, I also, I did mention, I really enjoyed how they're handling Negan because mm-hmm. how they handle Negan in the books at this moment because Rick's alive and he's, you know, starting to think differently. Well, Rick's not around to be that guy, so Negan is, um, he's still imprisoned and he's trying to prove like he was to Rick that he's like I'm done with all that shit I just want to be a part of this community mm-hmm. but they're doing it by like sending armed guards with him all the time as he does things like uh, basically slave labor <laughs> like wow. he's sent out the garden and do things around because that's his choice like if you want to go out you have to do these and they've turned him into that character in the show as well so I and I love that in the book so I'm interested to see more I uh I completely forgot. <laughs> yeah. Um, still, though, I'm hoping for the fire department show. I've watched that. I guess we'll get to the TV news. Um, I am still, well, dude, so many shows started up. Mr. Robot, um, South Park. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Um, the new season of Peaky Blinders. And I'm still watching American Horror Story is great. It's such a, that show is an amazing, it's like a, an 80s meme of like slasher movies. It's, it's so good. Um, but we finally got a, uh, air date for Rick and Morty came out of nowhere, November 10th. So less than a month now. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. I mean, I can't wait. I'm excited. And it, it created my favorite headline of all time. Yeah. That was, uh, Rick and Morty creators to resurrect Mr. Poopy butthole. <laughs> finally. We we finally get closure. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we've all been waiting for. I, we uh, both love that show. It's great. Can't yeah, wait. Hellstrom show is uh, it's is it called Marvel Hellstrom or something like that? Probably. Uh, cast as two lead roles: Tom Austin and Sydney Lemon Lemon Lemon. Sure, will play Damon and Anna Hellstrom. I don't know much about these characters. I think he has like a he's like firing has like a pentagram on his chest or something. He's like the son of a serial killer or something and has demonic powers. Doesn't sound like Marvel at all, but I guess we'll give it a shot. Yeah, I mean, it's they're trying to create a dark corner of the universe. Um, so, and yeah. This, so, I'm, I'm not I, super interested in this, but I mean, it is what it is. I don't see the most important TV news on here yet. Um, I <clears throat> Speaking of CW shows, well, the Flash started up, but um, they're rebooting an old-time classic. I don't know if you've heard about this. Yes, that makes me angry. What? Walker, Texas Ranger? Yeah. <laughs> and who they got to play him? The uh, Sam Winchester himself? Is that really Is that really happening? <laughs> I have multiple issues with this. One, you don't reboot Walker, Texas Ranger. Like, that's... yeah. Chuck Norris is Walker, Texas Ranger. There's it's Chuck Norris. Yeah. Uh, second, I don't want to know. Like, I don't want to see Walker, Texas Ranger vigilante where he has a crew that he goes to afterwards to like figure right. out crimes. Yeah. And I also don't want like Walker, Texas Ranger soap opera drama. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, all all I watched Walker, Texas Ranger for, Ranger for was the mustache and the roundhouse kicks, like. That's the show. That's the show. The there's, show there's, is literally just cuts of 
him roundhouse kicking people with a mustache and then being like, I'm Walker, Texas Ranger. And then he roundhouse kicks another dude. There's no story. <laughs> There's no story at all. Don't make it. Don't make it into something it's not. Man. Now I just want to watch all the old old episodes. Plus, you ruined one of my favorite jokes from Talladega Nights. These are my boys, Walker and Texas Ranger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what are they going to do now? Anyways, I thought we had to talk about that just for a second. Uh, this, though, when Chris told me this this week, I... First off, Wayne Brady. I don't know where he's been. I couldn't tell you. He's, he's been not, um, making he's, deals on that show. Yeah, he's been making deals for... Uh, well, Black Lightning's getting a season three, okay? So, and this might get me to watch Black Lightning and get caught up. Um, Wayne Brady's been casted as the Grave Digger, <laughs> which is like, he's a villain, and he's got like, you know, he's like an army dude with machine guns, and he's got like a big scar in his face, but it's going to be Wayne Brady. <laughs> well, if we remember anything from the seminal show, the Chappelle show, Wayne Brady does a great villain. Yeah. Because Grave, yeah. Davers, Grave Digger is going to smack a bitch. <laughs> it's going to happen. Oh, man. That I mean, said, I love this idea. Oh, yeah. For nothing else, it's going to be hilarious. <laughs> they they got me interested in Black Lightning. Like, I'll, I'm going to probably watch the episode that he shows up on, and then yeah. we'll go from there. But why not make this guy the whole reoccurring villain? He better be, like, the main villain. He better be the yeah. reverse Flash of the season. Yeah, that's so awesome. Um, AMC continue, continues to expand Walking Dead universe. Uh, they want to make more short story, short films, miniseries, one and done seasons. Um, the current showrunners for all the three current shows are working on that with AMC. So basically, you like Walking Dead, you're getting more Walking Dead, and here you go. It's coming at you. <laughs> The the only way I get interested about this is if you bring in you bring in people that matter or that I care about to do their own little short things, right? Like it, you know, it'd be this is an extreme example, obviously, but like it would be cool to see James Gunn's four four episode arc of uh, zombie film, right? Or um, whoever you know, just like bring in people who it would be cool to have them do a zombie story and they don't have to waste time with explaining anything. They can just jump into a zombie story. It's a cool idea. We'll see where it goes. Speak, uh, speaking of zombie stories, this is a great way to transition to the movies. I don't know if you've seen this, but I just found out this week, Zack Snyder is directing a zombie film. This happened a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's going straight to Netflix. And I didn't know Dave Batista's in it. Oh, really? I didn't know that part. Yeah. Yeah, Dave Batista's in it. And they're like a squad that does like... It's like a heist film during a zombie apocalypse. And I'm like, I loved his Dawn of the Dead, so... <laughs> but Scott Snyder's Dawn of the Dead is probably Scott Snyder's best work. Zack Snyder's. It's Zack Snyder's, yeah. I know, I always get mixed up. I got Scott Snyder in the brain. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like, that's one of my favorite things he's done. And that's coming from a huge Romero fan, so... Right, right. Um, I'm down for him doing this. Like, I want him to go kind of back to where he started. Because his first... That movie's really good, and then he kind of got too big for his britches real quick. Mm-hmm. And he started doing things... Because he has a very good visual style 
Mm-hmm. Like, nobody can deny that Scott Snyder knows how to shoot the shit out of anything. Right. But he has a hard time bringing together a story. And, mm-hmm. I mean, Sucker Punch is a great example. Sucker Punch is yeah. an amazing film to watch. If you're trying to get a story out of that, like, he he wrote that movie and had a lot of issue, like, getting the story together. He just knew he wanted these cool moments. <laughs> right, right. It was the best trailer I ever watched. Honestly. Yeah. So him doing uh, another zombie movie and something that's, you know, a fairly simplistic story. And hopefully he got some people together to help him write the story. I'm super excited for it. I really am. Yeah. I watched the trailer and I'm like, man, this looks good. Um, yeah, this, this is pretty crazy. I, I saw these pictures this week. Um, the suicide squad has his first image of the cast and costume. And <laughs> Nathan Fillion is playing, arms fall off boy which i didn't even know that was in the car like the the character sheet from the original announcement it wasn't yeah (laughs) and you know i'm looking up all these pictures and it's like a lot of these characters like mongle and stuff like that i don't there's some in there that i don't remember even talking about and i'm like i wonder if this picture of like all these cast members they're just gonna get wiped out in the first scene like so first of all, this is a great week for shitty villains. Oh yeah. Um, yes. But yeah, there's a like a little rumor going around that there's actually two teams, uh, and we're gonna and a lot of the big names we see attached, and and I kind of put big names in quotes because right. we're talking about Nathan Fillion and some of those other guys <laughs> that yeah. caliber, but right. a lot of those guys are in that first team. And they mm-hmm. get like killed real quick. <laughs> and it, I saw like Jai Courtney with them as Boomerang, so like maybe he's the only surviving one. <laughs> like, Possibly from that yeah. team, get, they all die, and he's still alive. I mean, that's awesome if they do that, though. It'd be hilarious. But they, it, it seems like from all of the the art and the imagery I've seen, it looks like they're going for like an '80s revenge movie. Oh yeah. So like that would make sense if like oh yeah, you know, Task Force X A. Right now, and all of them die. This is the surviving member, and he wants revenge on villain B. Like, right, right, yeah, that'd be awesome. So we're gonna create, we're gonna bring back the original squad or like something. And the costumes are very bright and vibrant, and I'm like, this is what you need, dude. Like, this is a Suicide Squad movie. Come on. Yeah, I'm that picture alone got me so excited, and I was just so happy because of like arms fall off, boy. Like we talked about him years yeah, ago. Yeah, I know. Cared. I know. <laughs> He just rips his arms off and whacks you with them. It's like, wait a second, but don't you need still one of your arms to hold the other? (laughs) Why do both fall off? Why do both come off? Anyways. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. Hopefully they just give James Gunn a trilogy of these because we'll get so many shitty villains. I mean, yeah, it comes down to money, 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 money. And then finally the, the drunkula solo movie that I've always wanted. (laughs) Screw the Joker, man. I want to, you know, a, a drunkula biopic of like his life and times and his fall to alcoholism. <laughs> That's what I want. Listen, uh, all I care about is just, I don't care if he dies in the first scene. James Gunn, give me a live action cod piece. Yes, please, please. I we want should, it to be The Rock, too. We need to like send him a well structured email. <laughs> of like the cod piece, who this hero is, and why we've been advocating for him, or something. Maybe he'll listen to us. Yeah, and it needs to be the Rock because I just want the Rock with a giant cod <laughs> piece on the cannon. 
<laughs> and he just blows up in the first seed. I can see it. Yeah. Well, he yeah he goes and tries to shoot Amanda Waller with his you know metal dick, and Amanda Waller's it's like, a, it's Fuck a cocky. You. <laughs> yeah, it blows him up. Anyways, um, we're gonna go to comic art or comic news. This is um, I don't know. This is speculatory, but Chris Claremont, Salvador Laroca are testing a future project at Marvel for 2020. What could it be? Definitely not X-Men, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Who the hell knows? He did say that um, it's not involved with whatever Hickman's doing because he's kind of over doing continuity or trying to like fit in with other people's continuity. Right, right. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it is still X-Men, though, and they kind of give him the um, Jim Starling treatment, where Jim Starling came back to Marvel, where they're like, yeah, do more Infinity stuff, do that. Um, and it was a bunch of OGNs, and they didn't really care how it fit in. Like, just mm-hmm. like yeah, just go do like that. Like, I, I don't care what characters you use. We'll just, there'll be OGNs, and they'll be off to the side. I wouldn't be shocked if he does something like X-Men-ish that kind of is sequel E to what he did back in the day and is really just following that structure and ignores everything that's going on right now. Yeah. I mean, plus there's so many X-Men. That's <laughs> like, yeah, yeah just, just have these few that we don't even, you know, even remember. Yeah, because this all you. came out um, originally when he was doing an interview over the new mutants one shot he did, which was a sequel to his new mutants run back in the Mm eighties. And, um, so that's why I get the feeling that it's something in that line and that'd be cool. Then people who are fans of that can go back to that. Like I did with Jim Starling and infinity stuff. Like I bought all those OGNs and they're fantastic. So that'd be cool. Um, this is a, this is a rumor. I don't know how I feel about it yet, but, DC's 5G will be the big five replaced by younger versions. Um, John Kent will replace Superman. Luke Fox replace Batman. There will be Teenage Green Lantern as well as Flash and Wonder Woman. New Flash and Wonder Woman. So, did you? Let's start here. Did you see the um, DC timeline that they put out during New York Comic Con? No, I didn't. Like okay. A visual. So they did, they actually like put together a timeline and said, this is how things fit in place and where things mm-hmm. go, um, which was interesting because, you know, they set up big chunks of time for like the first part where the JSA and then the second part was a lot of the, the heroes we know and them coming to coming about. And then the third was Crisis, and it begins with Crisis on Infinite Earths mm-hmm. and ends right around um, Final Crisis. And then Generation 4 is Flashpoint, so we're in Generation 4 right now. Okay. And then they just had 5G as the next one. And so, you know, this is where we're heading. Hmm. Um, and then, you know, we've been hearing for a while that, like, Luke Fox is going to take over for Batman. And then the rumors started going around that... Jonathan Kent's going to take over Superman, so on and so forth. Um, here's my issue here. Mm-hmm. Learn from Marvel, because Marvel did this. And I'm not saying those books weren't good, but there was a lot of backlash from them. Right. I absolutely loved a lot of those books. I thought they were great stories, and I don't care how you came about a great story. If you told me a great story, I'm cool. The issue I have... and. Um, please feel free to disagree with me because I'm not a DC fan as much as you. 
is that I think that Marvel's characters are, are more idealistic than um, DC's. Like, I feel like when I pick up a Batman book, I want to read about Bruce Wayne Batman. Mm-hmm. And when I pick up a Superman book, I want to read about Clark Kent Superman. Right. Um, I mean, uh, Flash has gone through a few iterations throughout his life. And Green Lantern, that one doesn't bother me because we've had so many Green Lanterns. Mm-hmm. And we all have our favorites. But then Wonder Woman, like if I read a Wonder Woman story, I want to read Diana Prince. Right. Where yeah. you can hand over the mantle of Thor or Captain America or Iron Man, so on and so forth, a lot easier. Um, would you agree with that? I don't. Um, I don't know if I. I've, I really don't know because, like, I I, I want a Bruce Wayne Batman, and I feel like if I was a Captain America fan, I'd want a Steve Rogers Captain America. But like, it's gonna bother me to have Luke Fox as Batman. It's gonna I like it. Even I mean, even when like Dick Grayson takes up the mantle and stuff, I just don't like that. Um, and I don't think Luke Fox. We haven't seen enough to even care about him right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we did that little bit of stuff that Scott Snyder gave us, but it's like I'm not really attached to that character at all. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Like I want to see, uh, I do want to see Steve as Captain America. Right, but I didn't mind the Bucky Cap, right, and how that fit in with the lore, and same with uh, Sam Cap. So that's but, where I. Yeah. But when, even though it like it made complete sense that Dick Grayson would be Captain or would be uh, Batman, mm-hmm. that he's the next in line for that. Right, right. It didn't hit with me. Like yeah. for me, it was just like okay, but like it's not Batman. <laughs> Yeah, that's, I prefer that's, him yeah. to be Nightwing. Right, uh, and that's that's my main issue here. I don't care about if you if you want to do a story. I mean, they did it back in the seventies, but if you want to do a story, we're like, okay, Batman's black now. Fine, I'm whatever. That's a you know that would be actually a really cool um, black label book where it's just like, what if Batman was rich and like was Bruce Wayne, but they were black. Mm-hmm. And if that's what you're going for, fine. My main issue here is is that I pick up a Batman book and I want Bruce Wayne. Yeah, well, Tom King isn't even giving me that, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, but it's, yeah. But I, I could be way off because we're yeah. both big 66 Batman fans. And that's, you know, yeah, in terms that's, of Batman, that's, that's not really Batman. <laughs> yeah, that's something out of on its own. Out of, like, I don't hold that as, I don't know. That the that whole universe, the '60s Batman universe, is like a whole. It's just a whole other universe. It's like a Elseworld when I watch that. To me, yeah, uh, and but, I, I think that's where. Well, this this transitions perfectly to talk about the books we read this week because I read a book that's it's a Batman book, and it's actually Batman being Batman, and that's that's exactly what I wrote in my notes. Like first title is like Batman being Batman, and that's the Batman's grave number one. Did you read that? I did not. Um, and that the main folk, the main point I want to take away from this is, is Batman being Batman. And when I say that, he's patrolling the city. Um, he's being a detective, like scanning a crime scene, listening to police reports. Um, he like reenacts. He has this. This shows this like gadgets that he has to like replicate crime scenes when he gets back to the Batcave. It's like holy shit, Batman's like actually being like a, investigating crime. Meanwhile, like Alfred's 
home drunk and depressed that like he has a grave in the back of Wayne Manor for Batman. It's going to be filled one day. Alfred actually suggests that he starts killing all the villains. Pretty crazy. Because hmm. Alfred comes from a time of war and he's like, we well, if you knew anything about the enemy is like to keep them at bay. Dude, you just got to kill him. <laughs> like, it was crazy. Like Alfred suggesting that. Uh, and I thought, I thought it was a really good, um, I thought it was a really good issue. And it's a 12 issue series, but it was like, and I mean, there's a big surprise at the end and blah, blah, blah. But I thought it was a good start to a book of like, you actually get a detective Batman. It was awesome. Cool. Yeah. But anyways, and I guess we could talk about um, uh, Year of the Villain, too. Did you read that this week? Oh, yeah. So Year of the Villain, Joker by John Carpenter. Man, like, was this wacky or what? It was. So, I, I think he was the great, best person to write this issue. This is the most Fortress of Comic News comic book I've read in a long yeah, time. Yeah, like, I wouldn't realize out of all the Year of the, Year of the Villain books, like, this one would have the most shitty villains. And, like... The whole story revolves around a Joker henchman. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, just a guy who like worships and adores Joker and thinks that like he's you know the best. And he knows like it's weird because the henchman like talks about mental illness and how he knows that he's crazy. But and then he at he like slowly realizes at the end that like maybe the Joker is not crazy. He's like actually in control of all this. Um, but the best part is when they team up and they put on costumes. Yeah, so, yeah, you get Condiment King in this book. Yep. You get Joker deciding, I'm going to be a hero and dresses up as Batman and has the other kid be Robin. Right. Not just that, but those (laughs) costumes are the 66 costumes. The 66 costumes with the eyebrows. So good. And then Joker goes around killing people because why not? Yeah, it's it's pretty great. Like, John Carpenter's like, this is the Batman I know. You know, doing the 60s Batman, but then he's like, this is how you treat him. And then, like, Joker's, like, murdering a guy and his dog in the street. It was, like, yeah. so dark. I'm like, are you kidding me? So there's a lot of dark humor in this, which I really enjoyed. But the part that you brought up, the the mental illness part, I thought yeah. it was very fitting, especially with the um, release of Joker in theaters. Yeah, yeah it was. Um, where they took the... Mind you, I still haven't seen the movie... But from what I've been told and the conversations I've had surrounding that movie, this book took the correct version of Joker, mm-hmm. where the the main character, the um, was the six from the Royal Flush Gang. Yeah, yep. He he has a story about how he's mentally ill and how there's something wrong with him, and that's what sends him down to do bad things. He doesn't want to do them. He's just this is what happens because of his illness. Right. And he comes to realization that like the Joker isn't insane. The Joker knows exactly what he's doing. The Joker's a fucking monster. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's what the Joker is. He's a monster. He is pure evil. Mm-hmm. And that's like what we need Joker to be. Like He does things that are insane, but I don't think he is insane. Right. And that was the big takeaway from this book outside of just amazing moments throughout it. Yeah, that was it was pretty crazy to have such a, a, um, a serious story, right? And then have them doing all this in the 60s outfits and then getting Condiment King to show up. like Yeah. So uh, I, if there's ever... This is one of the... There's been... It's been a really great year for one-shots. I'll say that. We had a right. lot of really great Star Wars one-shots this year and more to mm-hmm. come. Mm-hmm. We have... And then we've had these um, DC villains one-shots. And 
all the ones I've read, I've enjoyed, and mm-hmm. I've read all of them like you have. Right. Um, but they've all been really great, and I just I think it's something I'm glad the industry is getting back to of these one and done stories, um, because there's a lot you can mine from them, and a lot you can tell about a character from them. Yeah, I mean, all the year of the villain stuff has been so good. It's 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 been really good, um, especially with Mark Russell running a couple of the other ones. Yeah. Speak, speaking of Mark Mark Russell, we had Wonder Twins number eight come out this week. Oh yeah, we did. Um, <laughs> starts off it's like you know talking about how the principal of their high school like is sad about messing up his his old fling with the uh, the librarian, and uh, he I love that his. <laughs> A dating app that he's on is called like Sad Dad's Dating App or something like that. <laughs> it's like it's just they're all sad. They're all sad dads, just like you or something like that. Um, so he's like dreading that there's going to be a high school reunion, and he hasn't talked to her since then, and all these years. Uh, meanwhile, uh, uh, what's her name? Polymath. Polly has been locked up, and she's figuring out an escape plan. And Jaina is trying to, one of the Wonder Twins is trying to, like, go and visit her and tell her that she's sorry, blah, blah, blah. And uh, Polly's just kind of like, no, you screwed me over while she's devising a plan to break out. So we get the whole, um, the issue resolves with, like, they're at the they're at the high school reunion. Um, Polly breaks, breaks out and goes there to, like, wreak havoc. And the Wonder Twins kind of run in and save the day. Um, and it's funny because they want to turn the... Uh, they turn the high school into a casino <laughs> and they tell uh, uh, Jay that um, they're like, you got to run this like a real casino. <laughs> it's like threatening to break people's kneecaps. And stuff. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Uh, but yeah, at the end, um, Jaina finally goes to Polly and is like, I've been trying to talk to you because I think that we, I know where your dad is and how to get him back. So that's how the issue ends, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, good issue. Really yeah, still, issue. it's fun to read. There's a great overarching story. Um, and I'm yeah. glad that the, because there's an overarching story in every issue, and then there's the story of the issue. And the story of the issue is the principal getting over his fear of talking to this woman. Right. And I really, I'm not going to spoil it, but I really enjoyed that it didn't go the way that I was expecting. Right. Yeah, I thought, yeah, it didn't follow the trope, you know. Yeah. Um. And then I got Unearth number four, the Cullen Bunn book. Uh, that's like a horror movie, uh, very gross and disgusting as usual. Um, and this issue, we talk about the camp. Uh, the, there's still a team underground that's split up right now and has been attacked by monsters and stuff. Um, the camp above the ground was attacked by like local uh, villages that were infected. So the the colonel there is basically like, all right, we're calling in, we're calling in. Um, helicopters and they're gonna come and blow up all these towns so we don't have to deal with it meanwhile underground morris who was like the lead army guy that was like with the team has gone crazy um and is like talking to both groups that are split up at the same time even though like he's like in two places at once so we find out this cave that they're in is like a um is like a, a a system they're in they're inside some type of circulatory system so the whole cave thing if they're like in a living creature um, which is pretty crazy. And there's this little girl that has followed uh, the other half of the group. And we find out at the end of the issue that she like kills one of the, um, one of the people in the group 
and is working with this this possessed person from their group, which is like he's gone complete like he's completely assimilated whatever whatever this like hive mind thing is, and he's gone crazy too. And it's when he shows up, he's just like you know hanging dong, <laughs> completely butt naked. Like it was almost like you know when he when we used to open those pages to um oh man I can't think of the book right now like Fiona Staples Brian K Vaughn. Oh yeah, yeah. So, like uh, you just saga. Saga. You just want, it was like one of those pages. I was like, whoa, all right. <laughs> no warning at all. Um, but I mean, it's a really good book. I'm still reading it. I think it's uh, it's pretty interesting. I, I'm I'm curious to see what's actually going on here, why these people are infected. But yeah, that's what I had this week. Okay. Uh, so caught up on a few things. But uh, Invaders number 10 came out, and I'm really enjoying Invaders. It's just... Uh, it's a real great it's it's a Captain America Bucky Barnes book and we're getting them teaming up to fight against Namor and his plan to basically sink everybody and turn them into Atlanteans. <laughs> of um, course. Yeah, and finding out along the way that Xavier in the past did something to Namor and it's created a second identity inside of him and that's kind of what's causing a lot of the issues here. Um, Chip Zdarsky's writing this book. I highly recommend people check it out. It's a lot of fun. Um, Black Hammer Justice League number four came out. Uh, this issue is a lot of the answers that we've been wanting. So Flash, Green Lantern, and Colonel Weird are in this like other dimension, and they don't know what's going on, but they run into the person that caused the swap. Hmm. Um, and then we kind of cut to the Justice League finds out that they haven't been on the farm for 10 years. It's been like two days, but something is messing with them. So they start re- like looking around and trying to figure out what's going on mm-hmm. while all of the Black Hammer characters are still trying to get off of the DC world because what's left of the Justice League is basically attacking them at all corners because they think that they're supervillains that have taken away the other Justice League members. Oh. Um, we end up finding out that the person in the middle of all this is Mixoplex. Oh. And that immediately got me so much more hyped about this book. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so really great. Uh, Miles Morales, Absolute Carnage, number three, was pretty good. Um, I I don't know if I'd read it if I wasn't a huge Miles fan, but I did enjoy it, especially mm-hmm. the crossover. Um, Redneck, number 24 was a crazy fucking issue because we were leading up to this moment where we were going to attack the the elder vampire vampires and take over and then shit goes awry and the character that we're following um and the crew end up getting attacked by um the daughter of the family and we find out that one of the guys they were with was an elder vampire who was kicked out of the council and they end up accidentally killing him. Um, and then we get a big sp- surprise at the end. Redneck's really cool book. Wow. Um, <laughs> Journey to Star Wars, ro- The right. Rise of Skywalker, yep. Star Wars Allegiance. <laughs> I actually, I did read this book too. I just didn't write it down. Okay. But yeah, um, what a title, huh? They're running out of star- titles to call <laughs> these Star Wars books. So this is issue one. This is going to be a, a weekly four-issue book. Um, basically here we just kind of 
find out where everybody is after Jedi, or I'm sorry, after Last Jedi, mm-hmm. um, and kind of set them on their course to where they're going um, into the next issue. It was an okay issue. It was just a setup to get people in place for the next issue. Right. But I am interested because it's the first time I can remember that a Journey to Star Wars book, a comic book that is, actually involves the main characters of the Star Wars Skywalker saga. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Uh, speaking cool. of Miles Morales, Miles Morales, Spider-Man number 11, really great. Uh, Miles is back in the suit after everything that's happened over the past couple issues. And then this also takes place after Absolute Carnage. And um, he's trying to get back into it and figure out if he still wants to be Spider-Man. And, of course, his uncle or somebody dressed up as Prowler shows up. They want mm-hmm. us to think it's his uncle. I don't think it is. Hmm. Oblivion Song number 20. Oblivion Song continues to be a really great book. Um, and then East of West number thir- or 43 came out. This wow. is the beginning of the end. Yeah, finally. Um, so this is the beginning of the last uh, story arc. And without spoiling too much, it follows the Four Horsemen and Babylon Oh. And war starts to break out. So, really glad that this book is still going on, but I am kind of glad that they're wrapping up the story finally. Good. Outer Darkness number 11. Um, recommend this book to anybody. And it took a big turn in this issue where the captain has decided he doesn't want to be the captain anymore. Oh. And he's, he sets up a party for his entire crew with this alien booze and these <laughs> priests that their entire job is to pleasure people sexually. Oh, wow. And it turns into a giant drunken orgy and he ends up killing them all. It's fantastic. That's one way to do it, I guess. What the hell? It's wow. a really crazy book. Um, I recommend it, though, because uh, it is a John Lehman, right? Yes. It's a John Lehman book and he's just been killing it on it. That's awesome. Amazing Spider-Man number 31, Absolute Carnage tie-in. It's Spider-Man versus Carnage, but it's not the Carnage we know. Oh. It's Norman Osborn Carnage. Oh. And they hint pretty heavily that that centipede guy, who I don't mm-hmm. think we got a name for yet, mm-hmm. um, is Harry Osborn. Now he's Centipede Osborn. Yes. Superman number 16 was Jonathan Kent going back to Earth and meeting up with Damien and being like, I'm sorry I grew up. <laughs> um, my main issue with this book is the art. I'm sorry. You you can draw better than I can. I'll admit it, but the art is atrocious. Oh, boy. Um, it All the characters look like the, these action figures my kids have. Oh, my God. Where they're really like stubby. Um, oh, yes. They're bad proportions. Yeah. Terrible yeah. proportions. Yeah. That's what all the characters look like. Oh, my God. Um, but it's just, it's John being like, should I go to the future or not? And then uh, he goes to the future because we already knew he would. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I was really excited for that book, too, because it was Super Sons reuniting. Mm-hmm. And it didn't live up to it for me. Yeah. Um, Event Leviathan number five. Are you still reading Leviathan? Yeah, I just didn't get to that issue this week. Okay, so it's a it's a big wind up until we get to the part where he unmasks, uh-huh. and and? Then, and it's the last two panels, and we don't see his face. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so it's literally the same book for five issues. That's what I keeps go. You know, it keeps driving me nuts. Is like they're going to show his face, and they don't do it. Yeah, and 
just all the the suspects to me have been so obvious that they're it's not them. Right. I mean, beyond the point that it's a six issue series and you got to mm-hmm. get more than two three issues out of it, but just like the the people they're pointing out are too obvious to be Leviathan. Right. And that's why I know it's not them. Right. <laughs> I know. You just know. Um, Star Wars Target Vader number four. Once again, really great book. Um, spoiler alert: Dengar's a douchebag. Oh man! Uh, <laughs> Contagion number two. This is the book where the a random villain is coming from Kung Lao and can basically zombify people with this weird poison mm-hmm. infestation. So this issue revolves around Iron Fist and how he's involved with all this. And we also get the uh, tidbit that anyone he takes over, if they have superpowers, he gains their superpowers. Oh. So he now basically is a super scroll because he has all the powers of Fantastic Four. Oh, wow. And the whole issue is them trying not to get touched by these things. <laughs> That's crazy. But it was really cool seeing um, some Iron Fist action. Uh, Justice League Odyssey number 14. This was a book that really fell off the rails and then got back up. Um, mm-hmm. basically dark side's back and at full force Oh, and he ends up killing Jessica Cruz like two issues ago. And then she's resurrected because when he killed her, her lantern ring shattered, absorbed into her body, holding onto a bunch of Omega energy. And that's what resurrected her. So now she's interesting because she's an Omega energy lantern. What? Yeah. <laughs> And there's this so like, much comic book science. <laughs> yes. And there's this like random dude that's around him the whole time. And it looks like Deadshot, but it's not Deadshot. And we're trying to figure out what's going on because she wakes up on the ship with this guy and some random chick. And they're going to go fight Darkseid. And then the, I can never remember its name, but the Red Lantern cat is there. Oh, yeah. Because why not? Yep. <laughs> And so they go off, and then they take off the, the dude's mask, and it turns out that he was trying to hide his identity from the universe, because if he was found, then Darkseid would know, and he would know that there's a new god still alive. It was Orion the entire time. Mm. Um, Damn. Absolutely love this book. I, That's cool. I do recommend it. And then Powers of X number six came out. It was just a wrap-up of everything. X-Men number one's next week. This one wraps up. Some people had issues because it's basically a similar story to House of X number six, but told from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. For me, I kind of liked that because it was showing how Maria X fits in with Kokoa and what the leadership is doing leading into X-Men. Cool. That's all I got, Mike. All right. We'll find you on the internet. They find me at Fortress Ricker on Twitter. Where can they find you, Chris? Why they can find me at Fortress Chris. And they can find the show at FCN underscore official on Twitter. And, of course, FortressComicNews.com, where everything we do is right there on that handy-dandy website. Remember, if you enjoy the show and want to go the extra mile, Patreon.com slash FortressComicNews, where you can get Bat Friends Podcast, a top 25 Batman podcast. Top 25! Three days early. On that Patreon for a dollar, a, a fucking dollar. That's all you need. One dollar. Um, but if you don't want to go that far, we always appreciate um, five-star reviews on iTunes or whatever podcatcher you use. And if you are listening or watching on YouTube to give us a, 
a like, subscribe to the channel, and share it with your friends. Because sharing is caring. Yeah, it is. So I've talked enough for one day. And we will see you all next week. Goodbye.